0: Hey there and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Flart, and I'm
1: Scott Iceberg,
0: and we are newlyweds who like to shoot shit out movies.
1: And sure, we do do that.
0: And before we get into this podcast today, it is currently eight minutes past midnight on December tenth, two thousand nineteen, yes. and that means that it is Scotty's birthday. Oh. Yay! Woo! Oh, God. Scotty's old. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old. How does it feel to be another year older, Scotty? How does it feel to be a married man for the first time on your birthday? It
1: feels pretty good, you know? I'm happy being married, you know? I think we're doing pretty is well.
0: My, is my presence enough of a present for you?
1: You know what, dear? Yes, it always is.
0: Oh. See, you're catching the romantic vibes off this movie oh, that we're yes. going to talk about. So... This is the first of our two Christmas episodes. Yes. Flick. Very excited about this. I love Christmas movies. And this movie in particular I really love. Scott's never seen it. so.
1: Well, I've, I've never seen it anywhere past
0: the first five like, minutes. Yeah, so he's never seen it. Because, <laughs> yeah, no. That doesn't. This movie's fucking three hours long. Two hours, 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, whatever. It's basically three hours. It's a little bit pretty much feels like three hours. Anyway, this is It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Came out in 1946. Indeed. And uh, it's, you know, one of those Christmas classics, for sure. Everyone's pretty much seen, I <laughs> feel like, but unfortunately, Scotty never saw it.
1: That is true. I, I've never seen it. Every time I watch the beginning of the movie, the kids enjoy the living hell of me, and I shut it off.
0: <laughs> okay. So how, how did you feel? Just first thoughts out the gate before we get into the mini-gritty. How did you feel about this movie after, like, you know, all the build-up?
1: It's a good movie. It's not, you know, there, if I'm gonna watch a Christmas movie, there's other Christmas movies I'm gonna watch way before I watch It's a Wonderful Life ever again.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to be said for the tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life around Christmas, but I think it definitely is like a heartwarming movie. I I always liked it, so.
1: It, it's definitely heartwarming, you know, as I said, the kids in the beginning know the living shit out of me.
0: Yeah, well, it, take, it takes a minute to get into it,
1: but... But um, once uh, Jimmy Stewart shows up...
0: Yeah, Jimmy Stewart, he definitely.
1: He was great. Honestly, he's the only character I was like, you know what, Jimmy Stewart is pretty fucking great. Well,
0: I mean, the whole movie is essentially about him. It's basically a character study on uh, George Bailey, yes. who was played by Jimmy Stewart. We also have Donna Reed, who plays his wife, Mary, who's also... I think their romance is really sweet in this movie.
1: Yeah, except she's an old maid at 27.
0: All right, well, we'll get there. But yeah, so this movie was directed by uh, Frank Capra. He also produced and, like, financed this movie by himself. It was kind of like a passion project for him. He worked with Jimmy Stewart before on uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes,
1: and a man even powerful enough to control congressmen. And I saw three of them in his room the day I went up to see him. Senator, you. Well, sir, I will not
0: yield. He's like a very renowned director. He directed uh, it, it Happened was, One Night.
1: Which well, actually, because I've seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, too. Mm-hmm. He, he's very... Because from what I remember, that movie's also kind of long in the tooth. Uh,
0: yeah. You
1: know again, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie.
0: Same, but I from what I recall, yes.
1: Yeah, you're right. So, you know, he likes he likes these longer movies he likes to let the movie breathe sometimes almost to
0: a detriment at times. Um, I, I guess, but I, I don't think I, I didn't have that problem with this movie. But he actually ended up winning Golden Globe for Best Director for this movie. But he's he's been nominated for Oscars, plenty of times, and I think he won three times for Best Director. And then he also wrote this movie, Capra, with the husband and wife team of Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett, who wrote the Father of the Bride movie. Right then, I realized my day had passed. Annie, it's a little nippy out. You might want to put on oh, a sweater. Dad, it's okay. I'm kind of warm. So there's a chill in here, and you've been on a plane. Dad, yeah, I'm fine. Annie, it is kind of cold out. It is? Yeah. All right, thanks. I'll get my jacket
1: with uh, steve barn
0: well they wrote the original oh, the and original. the new one uh-huh. so yeah so this despite the fact that this movie was a flop when it came out pretty much yeah. it, it didn't make its budget back and it was kind of like yeah. lukewarm with audiences they didn't really care but uh it becomes such a standard now it's been preserved in the national film registry it is ranked number one most inspirational movie of all time by the AFI in 2006. Okay. Which, it's... What? You're giving a look.
1: No, I'm just trying to think, like, most inspirational?
0: Yeah. It's
1: inspirational. I don't think it, it might... I don't know if it's the most... I, I can't... not going to give a list of movies right now, but okay.
0: Well, it was nominated for five Oscars, uh, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor... It also, I thought this was interesting. I looked this up uh, when I was doing research. It won a Technical Achievement Award like at the Oscars for um, the snow situation. Okay. Now, usually when they do, I didn't know this, before this point, uh, when they would want to depict snow in movies, they would basically take cornflakes, paint them white, and drop them, and that's what snow would be.
1: Have a bowl of cornflakes, spoon them from the dish, touch the rooster, uh-huh.
0: make a wish. But Corporate Capra wanted, I think the deal was he wanted, like, live, like, snowfall in the movie. But, like, the cornflakes would be too loud. Yeah. Well. So they had to figure something else out. So they did, like, this chemical called fomite with sugar and water. And this, like, concoction, they just dropped that, and that was Snow. And for that, they won a Technical Achievement Award. So I thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I always, like, I mean, this movie being the Christmas classic that it is now kind of happened on accident. Because I think in, like, the 70s, it went into, like, the public domain, and then it just started playing everywhere on TV. I, well, because, yeah. yeah,
1: they could literally buy it for cheap and right. to show it. As many times as but, they
0: um to. I think it's worthy of the of the title of Christmas Classic for sure because I think if it wasn't good, if there wasn't something there, it wouldn't it wouldn't stick for so long, you know in in the public consciousness.
1: I guess that's true. It, it It's got a lot of lines that you've heard multitude of times.
0: yeah, but th- it's funny.
1: Yes, it's got some really. Actually, it's got a lot of. Uh, you
0: think it it wouldn't be as funny humor. as it is? It's really it's quite clever and cute.
1: Especially between uh, Jimmy Stewart and yeah, um, his wife.
0: Right, yeah, they they were very cute. They had a lot of chemistry. I think this for as far as Donna Reed, like this was her first like starring role in a movie, I think. And then Jimmy Stewart, this was like his first movie coming back after World War Two, so it was kind of like a big deal for pretty much everybody in some way shape or form Ah. i'm wearing a santa hat
1: Yes, frankie's wearing a santa hat she's in the christmas i'm in the
0: christmas spirit
1: i am not in.
0: you're not in the santa hat
1: but it's my birthday so
0: i guess i can (laughs) forget i'll let it go and seeing as how you actually stayed the whole time and watched the movie I guess I'll forgive you. It was like pulling teeth to try and get Scott to sit down and watch this movie. Uh,
1: pulling teeth.
0: It was pretty much pulling teeth. It wasn't pulling teeth. Mm. It it all it
1: took was some KFC and... Mm. (laughs) Not sponsored. Um, I
0: fucking wish. Free mac and cheese. (laughs) Oh,
1: God, yes.
0: And chicken. The chicken's really good. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, getting into the the nitty-gritty of this. Yes. We open with, we hear a bunch of uh, random people, young and old, praying for a gentleman by the name of George Bailey, played, as we said, by Jimmy Stewart. And then we immediately kind of pan up to to the sky. By the way, we watched this movie in the original black and white. We had the option
1: of watching it in
0: color. Because we bought the DVD, because why not? Because it's a fucking good movie. And they had both versions. I chose to do the black and white because that's tradition, you know. But anyway. But I do
1: wonder if it what it looks like in yeah, the color. Yeah, I do. Well,
0: I'm not against watching it in the color. I just figured.
1: We're not doing that now, ladies and gentlemen. Of,
0: yeah, no, it's midnight. <laughs> as I said before, uh, I, I want to get through this in one piece. So, <laughs> so yeah, we pan up to the to the sky and we see the stars talking to each other. You sent for me, sir. Yes, Clarence. A man down on Earth needs our help. Splendid. Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. As like the angels do, you know. Uh, and
1: as <laughs> the angels do, us. God
0: basically talks to an angel named Joseph, and he's like, "This guy George Bailey, he's got a problem. See, what's what's going on with this guy named George Bailey?" <laughs> and then God's like, "Go get Clarence." Yeah. And then God Clarence God is... comes in, who, by the way, he doesn't come in like like physically in physical form till like maybe three quarters of the way of the movie. But I'll just say it now. Clarence is the angel, George's guardian angel, and he's played by Henry Travers. But he basically is talking to God in star form up in the sky. And God he says, is Joshua. He says, Hey God, uh, I want my wings. How do I get my wings? Oh, well, you gotta help this guy named George Bailey.
1: I love how your, your god is like a 1920 newspaper this salesman. This
0: movie, is, it takes place over like a span of years, but it's old, okay? So I'm but, doing my old voice. See? And I feel like I should have a cigar. See, Clarence, you gotta go down and help this boy named George Bailey. And if you do, I'll give you your wings.
1: Bribing Clarence to stop reading tom sawyer
0: basically okay so um which by the way why did they choose tom sawyer i don't know i didn't like this Uh, (laughs) so anyway we start off basically because the the angel says to clarence okay we're gonna the angel joshua no i thought it was joseph
1: oh yeah joseph joseph sorry the angel joseph either way You couldn't have chosen a more...
0: What's an angelic name, in your opinion? But no, there's... uh, Gabriel,
1: big name... You know, like a big name angel. Like...
0: But I don't know. Okay, so... uh, He's just nitpicking now, because he's like, I didn't want to watch this fucking movie to begin with, so now I'm going to just nitpick the shit out of it. It's a classic Sky, okay? (laughs) Just let it happen. (laughs) Anywho. So, the angel Joseph shows Clarence a flashback into George's life because he wants Clarence to get to know George, basically. So he takes him back to, like, like the early 20s, I think, to when George was 12, and they're hang- he's hanging out with his friends and his little brother, Harry. And they're, like, sliding down these, these snowy hills and stuff. On oh, shovels. Right, and Harry slides down the little brother into like a big icy river and almost drowns and George saves him, but in the process he loses hearing in one ear. So that's that's how we start, it's very chipper. <laughs> but yeah, that's our intro into George. Basically this whole movie is going through George's life and going through his like character and really kind of connecting with him Throughout different events in his life.
1: Yeah, again, I've seen this part every time somebody's tried to make me watch It's A wonderful life. This part and then into the drug scene soon after this. Yes.
0: Um. So after the after the scene where George saves his little brother Harry, we go to. Uh, he's a little bit older, I think, and he's working at a pharmacy.
1: Yeah, I think this is this is a few this is. A few months later, I think. Right, right.
0: This is all in uh, Bedford Falls, New York. And he's working in a pharmacy with this kind of ornery pharmacist named Mr. Gower. And he's, like, you know, having a rough time because his son just... He just found out his son passed away and he's just drunk and all fucked up. So George finds out that the pharmacist, Mr. Gower, he... Like inadvertently, because he's so drunk and not thinking straight, he almost put like poison pills into like
1: into a into, kid's uh... into a
0: kid's like medicine, and he almost basically killed a kid essentially. And George like stopped him and switched it out and kind of like saved the guy's ass. And
1: yeah, well, that... well, George didn't take the medicine to the kid because that's where.
0: Uh, oh, right. Gower
1: was going to send him right. and yeah, George was like uh, no, no and then, of course we get a savage beating for George.
0: Yeah, well because he's a drunk asshole, the, the pharmacist. You know, he's...
1: back in the good old days when you could just beat your child employees. Oh jeez, <laughs> alright so,
0: <laughs> and also uh, so we get that scene where George kind of saves his butt and then also in that particular uh, scene we meet mary for the first time who has a little crush on george and i love you yes she she (laughs) ew. don't say it like that when you you say it okay see when you say it it sounds creepy when when it's said in the movie it's adorable (laughs) then you just have a way of ruining it okay so in the movie little mary little little girl mary she whispers in george's bad ear so she can't So he can't hear her. I love you. I'll love you forever. I love you till I die. Is this
1: the year you can't hear on George Bailey? I'll love you till the day I
0: die. Because she has a little crush on him. And meanwhile, Violet, who's uh, like the town fucking slut, apparently, is a little kid, comes in and is like, I like George. And she's like, you like everybody. And And she's like, what's wrong with that? I'm like, okay. Violet's a slut.
1: Wants it's Joe's like it's
0: like the movie though. is just like sluts are bad <laughs> and, and good girls are good. <laughs> but anyway.
1: We also uh in this same flashback, we also get George going to his father's office. Yes.
0: His father uh runs a loan company with his brother Billy, uh who's known in the movie as Uncle Billy. And Mr. Potter, who is, like, the town rich asshole, basically. He he's owns, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes, he's basically the Ebenezer Scrooge of the movie. Bah! Humbug. Uh, he's a rich piece of shit, and he owns everything, and he wants to own everything on top of everything. So he's in George's father's office, and he's, like, you know, arguing with him about something and, like, saying that he's a bad businessman and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And 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 then George stands up to him and his dad's like, okay, son, just get out. (laughs) But basically you can't
1: talk to the richest man in town like that,
0: you know, right away. Like within the first like 10 or 15 minutes, even before we meet George as an adult, we see as a kid, he is a pretty well-raised, good, decent kid. Yeah. Who grows up to be a decent man
1: and i've gotten to this point at least six or seven times trying to watch this movie yes.
0: i'm like well how did, uh, i asked him like how far did you get He's like oh i never even saw jimmy stewart and i'm like jimmy stewart shows up maybe 20 minutes in <laughs> so you only watched maybe 20 minutes of the movie about <laughs> like a two and a half three hour movie
1: these kids, I'm telling you. Okay,
0: they're really not that bad. Oh God! It's kind of just like get over oh, it, but. Oh God! Okay. There's been. We watched Master of the Skies a couple weeks ago.
1: And you know what? That kid deserved better.
0: Pistachio, why don't you do one of your funny voices and cheer the kid up?
1: What an excellent idea, Bernardo! Yes, yes, I do for you now a scene from the hit motion picture Shrek. You ready? Okay.
0: Why don't you get away from me, donkey? What you talk about, get away from you? I'm making waffles. I mean, okay. I'm sure he has better now. He's not in the industry no more. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Anywho. Okay, so we cut to 10 years later, and we meet Jimmy Stewart. Yay! Yay. Who is just delightful. Yeah, I I feel like if Jimmy Stewart existed today, like not not like as an old man. I mean like Jimmy Stewart, like how he was back in the day. Now he would look like a crazy person, like talking in an accent and over the top hair. Hey, I don't, don't think right. he'd be famous. Right, but because it's like the old days, it works. <laughs> well, well, you look at
1: some of those guys like him, uh, Brando. uh, uh, got uh. Who's the other big one who used
0: to do uh? James
1: Dean. James Dean. A lot of these guys had interesting looks and interesting acting. Yeah. You know they
0: were. But I think it was like of the time too.
1: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like you couldn't pluck one of those guys out and then hypothetically throw him into uh, Avengers and.
0: Yeah. Like oh, imagine God. Jimmy. Imagine that.
1: Imagine Jimmy Stewart as Iron Man.
0: I see him more as the Hulk. Like Bruce Banner.
1: Yeah, you could do a Bruce Banner.
0: We're gonna just like that's our new challenge: cast the Avengers with only like old-timey actors.
1: actors. I they've done that for like eighties. It'd be interesting if the old-timey ones. That'd old be kind of funny.
0: Anyway, that's an interesting challenge.
1: Brando would be a totally Stark. Truth is,
0: I am Iron Man. Oh!
1: the boisterous the arrogance
0: yeah I guess I guess that makes sense anywho okay so oh and then so we we finally meet Jimmy Stewart yes and the angel Joseph is talking to Clarence and saying like I want you to get a good look at this face this is George Bailey this is the guy you gotta help and Clarence <laughs> is like why do you keep laughing at my voice <laughs> Cause it's funny, and <laughs> then Clarence, the Clarence goes, and I totally <laughs> forgot this in the movie. It was in the movie, but Clarence goes, was, was like, oh, I like George Bailey. That's <laughs> a nice looking face." I'm like, oh, Clarence.
1: Oh, Clarence wants the rail George Clarence Bailey. Clarence wants the D. <laughs> Everybody in this town of Bedford Falls George... <laughs> wants the rail George Bailey. Everyone
0: loves George Bailey, and like, they
1: want some George Bailey listen, D George, in their culture.
0: George Bailey is handsome. Okay. George Bailey is handsome. He's got like especially at points, he's got like the like the big like like the trench coat and the fucking like fedora looking all like mysterious and gruff and like but I, still like cute and dorky. I like cute and dorky. Oh
1: I I think cute and dorky more than I don't think he's mysterious at all.
0: Well no, but he's got like the gruff like look with the fedora and like you know. I like that. Okay. I like the fedora look.
1: Uh, yeah, I know.
0: I mm. <laughs> like gangsters. I don't know. Anyway,
1: that's for story for another time, ladies.
0: Someone thought he was like speaking of Marlon Brando. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight.
1: Lucky if you've ever been a lady to begin with, luck be a lady tonight.
0: Someone thought he was Marlon Brando because he played Sky Master sitting guys and dolls when we were 13 Damn in street. the 8th grade.
1: Damn straight. If you
0: don't know, 8th grade is middle school.
1: Hey, I won you over, didn't I?
0: I had low sadness.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> it's my birthday oh, and you take a cheap oh, shot no. like that.
0: Oh, no. I love you. <laughs> you were so handsome in your fedora. <laughs> I fell in love with that, fedora. So George is having like a conversation, adult George, now we was with adult George, and he's having a conversation with his father, and basically his father's like, listen, I want you to take over the loan business when, you know, when I go at some point, you know, I, I want you to take over this business. And George was like, no, bitch, I want to travel the world. I want to sow my wild oats. Oh, I yes. want to
1: have sex with any girl. Oh, everyone. no.
0: <laughs> this is the 40s. <laughs> we don't do that here. You know, he said, like, basically George says, I want to do things that are big and important. And, you know, helping people. On oh,
1: their field.
0: Yeah, and his dad is like, well, this, you know, the loans that we give these people in this town that help people, like, because otherwise, Mr. Potter, fuckface Richie Rich McGee over here is just going to fuck these people right over. We're, you know, we're really helping these people here. So he's kind of hesitant, George. And eventually he just kind of like ends the conversation like, you know what, Dad, you're you're a good fella. But I'm gonna go. <laughs> like,
1: okay. I, I'm gonna go to the party Harry's having over at the high yes, school. Yes, Harry
0: Harry just graduated high school, so he's gonna go to Harry's graduation party. And at Harry's graduation party he runs into Mary again.
1: By the way, I'm thinking about this so Harry let's say so Harry's eighteen. Yeah. George is three years older than
0: him. I think three or four years older, yeah.
1: I mean George hasn't gone to college in four years. Why what took him, like, why did he stay?
0: Probably just, like, money and helping with the business and stuff. I
1: guess he, they do mention he saved, like, every penny he's ever made. Yeah. Shit.
0: I would assume it was just, like, money-wise. Because they're not rich. They're, no. You know.
1: They're just scraping by.
0: Right. So then they go to the party. He runs into Mary. Uh, they have this very cute, like, little, you know, Twitter-padded, loony-eyed scene. Uh, it's very nice. They dance. They end up falling into the pool at the school. It was very cute.
1: Well, after they fall in love, and then the guy, Sam, who's... Oh, was, yeah,
0: who's got the Hospital for Mary, but she don't give a fuck about him because she always loved George.
1: <laughs> but she's like, oh, I'm going to... She's like, I'm going to open the pool and get that George Bailey soaking wet.
0: Well, too bad, so sad. Nobody and then he, <laughs>
1: the look he gives his co conspirators like, like, oh, I guess if you can you can't beat them, join them. And everybody jumps into the pool, including the principal.
0: <laughs> so they basically like get together, sort of, and like kind of fall in love. They have this like cute little scene where he's like, I'm going to travel the world, Mary. What do you want? You want the moon? Well, go throw a lasso around it and bring it down. <laughs> what do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon,
1: all right? I'll take it. And then we get, and then I kept thinking of Bruce Almighty, where he actually does it D- and yes, pulls the moon and.
0: Yes, do that, but he stole that from Jimmy
1: Stewart. Well, because that scene in, in Bruce is in Bruce
0: Almighty. Yes, I understand what you're referencing. No, but no, the legit scene. I know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> anyway, so when um as. George is walking Mary home. A car pulls up and someone grabs uh, George and is like, you have to come back. Your father's had a stroke. And then they what? We're going to skip the naked part? Oh, right. We got the naked. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So at one point uh (laughs) Mary gets like embarrassed or spooked or something because some guy is yelling at them. Yeah,
1: he's telling George to kiss her. George is like, I'll show you. I'll kiss her. (laughs) Come back out here, old man. I'll kiss her. She
0: runs away (laughs) because she's like embarrassed and her robe because she's wearing a robe because they fell in the pool and she has a robe on. So the robe falls off accidentally, quote unquote, and she hides in the bush. And then George is like, you George is holding the robe and he's like, Mary, here, wait a minute. What am I doing? <laughs> We're in an interesting situation here. Wait a minute. What am I doing? This is a very interesting situation. Please give me my robe. Hmm. Man doesn't get in a situation like this every day. I'd like to have my robe. Not in Bedford
1: Falls, anyway. Ouch! Oh! Gesundheit.
0: <laughs> He's like, I'll make a deal with you, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you. What did he say? You know, You that, come out and get the robe and. <laughs> you know, not... Uh,
1: no guy in my situation, whatever, just... Oh,
0: yeah, ew. she's like, I'll call the police. And he's like, I think they'd side with me in this. <laughs> like, I'm not giving you this back. <laughs> but it was, like, it wasn't, like, it, probably, it might sound creepy how we're saying it, but it was actually No, it really was cute. very
1: cute in the middle scene. It's actually quite funny. It was really cute.
0: Yeah. They have, like, really cute chemistry together. In the two of
1: them. But as, as this is going on, then somebody pulls up and goes, your father's had a stroke, and he's cock-blocked for the first time.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> Um. so then we cut to like a few months later after that, the father, Peter, has passed away, and George has been uh, basically taking care of all the loan business, like in the interim, just to kind of take care of things after his dad passed. But now they're in this board meeting, all of them, it's like the board members, George and
1: Mr. Potter,
0: Mister Potter and the board also includes Uncle Billy as well. So they're all there. And Mr. Potter basically wants them to just close up the loan company, like, fuck off. This is like, you know, Peter Bailey was a bad businessman. Fuck this place. I don't want the competition anymore. And Uncle Billy's like, fuck you. And George Bailey's like, Fuck you! He has a great scene. Sorry, he has just a great like line where he's like, you know, people are just cattle to you. To just remember this, Mister Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Potter, he's like, you know. Your scumbag, maybe Well yeah, later. George
1: George is basically willing to give up the lone place. He's he's leaving. Right,
0: he's and, leaving to go to college and finally.
1: It's until Mr. Potter basically starts tearing into his father, who has only been dead for let's say four months. Right. Like this is the thing. Like I've had people talk bad about my family before. Right. And yeah, I'm gonna snap at you, but your this is in front of this man. See, you're talking bad about this man's dead father. You know, it's not like he died twenty years ago and you had a
0: Right, yeah.
1: Of course he's gonna stand up and be like, you know what? Fuck you, motherfucker. You don't see you don't see real people. And he gives this impassioned speech and he convinces the board to uh, keep the lone place open as Right, long as...
0: well as long as basically the the T is that they will only agree to keep the place open, the board, if George runs the place, and George is like, what a college world magic I want to (laughs) go.
1: Yes, especially since uh, Uncle Billy is a little bit of a nutball.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a a wackadoo a little bit, but it's all right. So George agrees to stay and run the loan business, and he gives the money that he was going to use for college to his brother Harry to go to college. And he becomes, like, this football star, and, like, everything's great for him, but he tells Harry, basically, like, listen, I'll give you the money, you go to college, but when you come back after you graduate, you have to take over the business.
1: So I can go. So
0: I can go to college. And Harry was like, okay, no problem. So, eventually, we kind of jump forward again, Harry graduates from college, comes back to see his brother, George, and he's got a wife. mm mm-hmm. And he's got a job offer from his father-in-law. And it's, like, a really good job. So, George ultimately decides, like, Alright, fuck it. Like, I'll I'll stay running the business and you take the job. I'm not gonna make you turn down the job.
1: Well, yeah, I'm not gonna force you to... Hey, you're married and can't force you to stay in this town. Especially since the wife's not gonna stay in the town. Right. You know, so... That plus a job, he's like, I, you know I just go.
0: So, after a really sweet, like, interaction with his mother, George decides to go see Mary, because she's back from college, oh. and they have this, like, kind of awkward encounter.
1: Oh, even before that, even before this, you had the Uncle Billy scene, which was also very funny, too.
0: Oh, yes, they had an Uncle Billy scene.
1: Because Uncle Billy's drunk off his ass.
0: And he's like, where's my hat? And... George Bailey goes, he takes the hat off his head and shows it to him. And he's like, which one is it? The middle one.
1: I, I know it's not important, but it was very funny.
0: There's a lot of cute little jokes in this that you wouldn't expect necessarily. Because you're like, oh, it's an old movie. It's a place in place and line. Oh, boring. But, like, it's cute. So it holds up. Jimmy
1: Stewart. like, if I, He's
0: very charming. If
1: anyone else delivered these lines, I'm not sure it'd be as good.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so eventually he goes to see Mary, and it's kind of an awkward encounter. He's kind of like bitter about everything, about having to stay in Bedford, and but she's just like so very smitten with him, and she she kind of gets hurt that he's very dismissive, and then they kind of end up squabbling, And but it's funny because at one point they're in the room, and they're like kind of awkwardly talking, and then Mary's mother's upstairs, and she's like, what's going on down there? Who's
1: down there with
0: you? And Mary's like, it's George Bailey, mother. And Mary, Mary, who's down there with you? It's George Bailey, mother. George Bailey? What's he want? I don't know. What do you want? Me? Not a thing. I, I just came in to get warm. Asher. He's making violent love to me, mother. does she what does he want? And then Mary's like, I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> and then George just goes like nothing. I just can't even get warm. <laughs> and then Mary calls up to her mother, and probably one of my favorite lines in the movie. She calls up to her mother. He's making violent love to me, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Okay. So <laughs> So that was funny. Anywho, so eventually the guy, Sam, that has a big old crush on uh, on yeah. Mary, he's very successful, very, very rich, lives, I think, somewhere like in Europe or something. Uh, he calls Mary to, like, you know, say hi or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's like, oh, let me talk to George. George is there? Let me talk to George. So they're like, it's a very, like, intimate scene, but it's just them like listening to this guy on the phone. But they're like, nestled up together George and uh, Mary and like listening to the phone call that it's just it's very intimate and very sweet because you can tell even though they just like swallow each other they really do like each other and they care about each other and they got the hats over each other it's very romantic. How romantic. Sissy stuff. I don't know I just I like it. It is
1: and even though she's talking to The guy who's technically her boyfriend at this moment.
0: I don't think he's her boyfriend. I think he's just got, like, you know, he's, like, courting her, but I don't think they're, like, seeing each
1: other. Well, because he does mention, what, George, you trying to steal my girl here? Yeah,
0: but I think, I think he just, because I think even George says to his mother, like, oh, Sam's got a thing for her, but, like, they're not, like, and she, and the mom says, well, she doesn't have a thing for him. Like, she don't really like him at all. Basically, the, like conclusion of that scene is pretty abrupt. George basically goes like, you know, I don't want to get married. I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do and then he kisses her <laughs> and then and then he's like, "Oh, Mary." "Oh," and then she says, "Oh, George." "Oh, Mary." "Oh, George." And they get married. <laughs>
1: Oh, Mary. Oh,
0: George. Oh, Mary. Oh, George. <laughs> Luigi! <laughs> Mario! Daisy! 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 Luigi? Daisy!
1: Daisy. Luigi!
0: We're coming! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, uh, so, Mary and George get married, and they they are going on their honeymoon and en route to their honeymoon, they realize that the bank across the street from the from the loan company that they like do business with uh, is experiencing a bank run. Which I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up. So basically, it's where people think that the bank is gonna like go defunct or whatever. Nah,
1: and everyone's gonna lose And their
0: money. everyone runs and like rushes to get their money out.
1: Uh, Basically causing a crash.
0: Yeah, basically. So, George goes to check on the loan building, and Uncle Billy says that their bank, like, called in all the loans, and, like, they're kind of bugging out, so...
1: And they got no money.
0: Yeah, so... uh, They actually end up deciding to use the honeymoon money that they saved for their trip uh, to eventually keep keep the loan aflo- uh, keep the loan company yes. afloat, and afterwards, after everything is settled, Mary like sets up this like cute little romantic like at home honeymoon date thing. It's like so cute. It's at an abandoned house, <laughs> which sounds gross, but it actually ends up being like their family home in the future.
1: Yes, Frankie Frankie's like, that's so romantic. I'm like,
0: It is like you, so
1: you want me to drag you to an abandoned house.
0: And cook me dinner. And cook me rotisserie <laughs> chicken on a fireplace. In
1: an abandoned house. In an
0: abandoned house.
1: We'll go to the drug and house put, by Broadway and put, Mall and do and that put, right now. And put
0: romantic records on and
1: in an abandoned drug house by Broadway Mall.
0: Not a drug house. They didn't do drugs in the
1: forties. <laughs> <40s. laughs>
0: Scott, this was a more, a more romantic time where people did their cocaine in the <laughs> privacy of their own homes. Not
1: in a abandoned house.
0: And they called it cocaine, like the classy folks. <laughs> the cocaine, see? Anyway. That Coca-Cola. Oh my god. Did you know <laughs> <laughs> that Coca-Cola was just cocaine-infused wine? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay i'm so loopy all right oh my God. so after that it cuts a little further in george's life and it shows him establishing bailey park which is essentially this modest housing like area yeah financed by the loan company that offers home ownership uh in contrast to like The slums and Potter's villas. Right, exactly. So Potter is like being even more threatened by George and his bullshit. So he's like, listen, George, I'm going to do the God voice for Potter now because it's the only old 40s man voice I can muster. Listen here, George. (laughs) Listen here, George. I've got lots of money. And if you would like to make lots of money, you can come with me. What do you say, George?
1: I'll give you a. No, go. he goes, what do you make now? He's like, uh, oh, $45 a week. I'll offer you 200000 a year.
0: Which is pretty. Te- I mean, he's tempted, um, but he does refuse.
1: No, 20000 a year, not 20000 a year. Because
0: it's the 40s. <laughs> uh, George refuses. Rightfully so, I mean... On he
1: calls him a... Basically, he calls him a spider.
0: Yeah, well, he is.
1: Yeah.
0: On the, you know, I mean, it's tempting to him, as well as to the audience, it's it's tempting to take an offer like that, but at the same time, you know, if you do, you're fucking over...
1: You're like signing your soul else. over to the devil.
0: Right, basically. Like, he... There's a point in the scene where he shakes Potter's hand, and he, like, takes it back, like... Just feels dirty. He like visibly is just grossed out by it. And
1: that's the other thing. There are moments like in older acting where they get points across so much better. I feel like physically than they do now.
0: Well, I feel like mm, I mean it depends, I guess. But I feel like because
1: that that when he has his hand all like scrunched and like
0: yeah, but I feel like if if that happened now it would be seen as like too like obvious you know what I mean like I feel like a lot of acting today
1: is more, more subtle
0: wait yeah it's more they want it to be more subtle more like realistic for lack of a better term I guess I guess like this seemed more theatrical not in a bad way but like this like it's a wonderful life seemed more like a play essentially yeah than like real real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so George comes home after this meeting with Potter and he's like questioning, like, you know, if he did the right thing or not. And then Mary tells him, hey, guess what? Pregnant. Ooh, we're gonna have us a baby. Boy or girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah, one of those, I guess. That seems obvious. I'm gonna be a father? What are you doing? I'm so happy! Doing? Everyone, I'm gonna be a father! My secret wife is pregnant and she's gonna have a baby!
1: It's the- George, it's the 40s. It, it, they were, it's not as easy to tell like nowadays. Come on, George.
0: So- There they, wasn't
1: gender reveals all over the place.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> imagine. We're never doing that. <laughs> It's so, not like, enough already, okay? Like, I just want to know, and then I'll put it on Facebook. Hey, guys, guess what? I'm having a boy slash girl. It's great, wonderful, hooray. Well, you don't
1: want to put, like, powder up your butt and have you fart out a color powder or no. the, t- the pink or blue. somebody tells me
0: if there's going to be a farning spectacle, it's going to be your avenue. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: Whoa. Whoa. There's whoa. no need to drop. <laughs> All of my secrets here on the podcast. How
0: is that a secret? Ah, there is no it's need. It's so loud at all times. There
1: is no need for this. Okay. It's my birthday. Okay. God damn it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so for my birthday, are you going to, like, stop farting?
1: I will. Is that
0: my present? Maybe. Okay. Good to know. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so George and Mary uh, then end up having four kids all together. Oh, yeah. They never leave really Bedford Falls. They always, they're always, you know, they they make their family and they make their home, and it's actually very sweet. Yeah. Um,
1: Everyone else gets drafted into the war.
0: Yes, he doesn't have to go because his, his ear. They yeah, well, he's deaf in one ear. Yeah, he can't go. So.
1: It'd be kind of hard to hear. Shit
0: kind so. of gets real with the World War World War Two. Harry is in the war. And he ends up saving a bunch of people and he's getting honored with a medal by the president. and yeah. It's a whole thing. So now we're kind of at the, I guess, we're, we're getting to the, the meat and potatoes.
1: Yeah, because now. The
0: thing that everybody knows what's coming, it's it's about to well, happen. Well, yeah,
1: because now we, we've gone a decent while where we haven't seen Clarence. Yes, Clarence seen... has
0: just been a voice in the ether. So okay, so here here we go, guys. It's Christmas Eve <laughs> morning, 1945. Uh, Uncle Billy goes to the bank to deposit eight thousand dollars into the bank. Um, now, Scott, why don't you explain what happened when Uncle Billy went to the bank to deposit this so money?
1: So Uncle Billy is going to go deposit eight thousand dollars. He's counted it all out. He's put it in an envelope. And he sees Mr. Potter, who still isn't dead by the way. He just won't die. He's like a cockroach. It was ridiculous. We kept. I kept every time he popped up. It's years later. I'm like, well, how is this man not dead? So he goes to mock Mr. Potter because you know, let's mock the richest he person. Dickhead,
0: that's he's why. a dickhead. He's a dickhead,
1: but let's mock the richest person who's in a wheelchair right now.
0: Oh, but he's holding like a. He's holding newspaper. the newspaper. Yeah.
1: He grabs the newspaper. They go, ah, you know, those, uh, those Bailey boys are really good, they're really strong-willed, you know, they're good boys, da, 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 da. And Potter t- takes the paper that is now has the $8,000, and the paper, and takes it, not realizing he has now stolen the $8,000, and goes into his office because he owns the bank. Wow. <laughs> and Billy then... He's like, oh, God, I lost the $8,000.
0: So, Um, yeah, Potter is just like, ah, fuck it, I'm taking this, and I'll ruin them fucking Bailey boys if it's the last thing I do. (laughs) (laughs) And George is, meanwhile, at the loan company dealing with a bank examiner who's basically like an auditor and just, like, making sure all the books are good and there's no fuckery going on. So this is all perfect timing to lose $8,000 of other people's money. So.
1: And apparently, if he can't prove where the $8,000 went, everyone's going to assume he's been betting the money or right.
0: well, that's spending his... it
1: on the floozy blonde. Oh, yes. Who wanted his dick
0: oh, my forever,
1: God. but Holy didn't want to run in the Violet. fields with him.
0: Yeah, that that's a whole, like, subplot with Violet, with the little blonde, like the little other girl from uh, the beginning she grows up to be a little blonde like bombshell that all the guys like and she's like you know like a flirty little like mix but the
1: one she wants she can't
0: get well yeah she wants george but george is like weird because he just wants to like run in the flowers with her and like you know do like cool stuff like when he was he's describing like oh let's go and climb a mountain and Swim in the lake? Yeah, swim in the lake. And uh, and I'm like, that sounds fun. Like, that's like a little adventure. And she's like, what? I just (laughs) want to (laughs) fuck. I just want you to tell me how pretty I am. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) say it again. again. No. Say it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're so mean. (laughs) Don't make fun of me. No,
1: it was great. It's a great line. I just want to (laughs) fuck.
0: (laughs) I just want to fuck. (laughs) <laughs> Cause, but they can't say that because it's the 40s. But anyway, so, yeah, Violet's annoying. Anyway, so, yeah. George is kind of in a pickle here. He ends up, like, basically getting so pissed off at Uncle Billy. He's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you lost his money. Now they're gonna fucking put us in jail over this shit. So,
1: He yells at Uncle Billy.
0: Yes. So, George goes home Who and
1: has a crow what? in the office. Okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> details that don't matter that's what that is if it's the jeopardy question <laughs> shit that doesn't matter for 200 okay anyway <laughs> god damn it i'm trying to get through this fucking thing oh okay so george ends up going home and he's quite nasty with his kids and with mary his daughter has a cold Zuzu. Which, by the way, what kind of fucking name is that? Zuzu Bailey? Zuzu. I thought it was, I thought he, like... I, I, I think it's a nickname, it can't be It's Zuzu. gotta be a nickname for some, for like what? Like Susie. Oh, that makes perfect sense, actually. That's probably what it is.
1: Like Susanna Bailey. Zuzu,
0: yeah, Zuzu. Okay, alright. I forget. I, I, I forgive this movie. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it really is thrilled for that, because, you know, it really needs my forgiveness. Yes. Anyway. Amen. So, yeah, his daughter, Zuzu, is sick. It's a little cold, so, like, she he calls the teacher and gets mad at the teacher. Well, the, the
1: teacher calls the house to ask how Zuzu is. Oh, yes,
0: and he takes the phone from Mary and starts yelling at the teacher, and then her husband gets on the phone and he's yelling at it. it's a whole fucking thing and then he ends up yelling at the kids and, and he, he ends up throwing a bunch of shit around and eventually he just is like he feels like shit and he's like, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to yell like I'm sorry and then, he, and then he just feels like shit and leaves.
1: Well he yells again and she goes, Why do you have to torture the kids, George?
0: Oh jeez. Uh so George leaves. And he goes to Mr. Potter and basically, like, begs him, like, to help. And Mr. Potter's like, fuck off. You're better off dead.
1: Yeah, because he's like, what are you going to give me? He's like, I, I got a-, a... Oh, yeah,
0: because he has the insurance He has the life policy. insurance
1: policy. on the. You're-, or- you're worth
0: more dead than alive, is what he says. Yeah. So then George ends up, like, going on this, like, bender, basically. He crashes his car, and then he ends up on this bridge.
1: Yeah, he gets punched out during this bender, too.
0: Yes. Uh, so he, I was on a train, and you derailed the train. I do that, kid. Stop derailing the train. (laughs) He ends up on this bridge, and he's contemplating suicide. But before George can jump off the bridge, we see Clarence, finally, Henry Travers, and he decides he's going to jump off the bridge (laughs) into the water to force George to jump in and save him. And... That's basically what he says later on when they're together, like, you know, drawing off from the water. They're like, you know, why did you do that? He's like, I did it to stop you from doing
1: it. Well, and then the guy watches and is like freaking out. Yeah, you know, she, like he, He's like, I'm an angel. He's like, what the fuck is going
0: on? Yeah. So Clarence tells George that he's his guardian angel and he knows everything about him and that he just wants to help him. And George says, you know what? I wish I'd never been born.
1: I said, I wish I'd never been born. Ooh, you mustn't say things like that. You. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your
0: wish. So Clarence says, okay. And he basically transports George into this alternate timeline in which he was never born. And everything is different. Uh, Bedford Falls, New York has become Pottersville, New York, which is like <gasps> the most terrible, corrupt town. Yes, yeah,
1: it becomes Back to the Future too.
0: Basically, yeah. No! Um, his house is still abandoned because it was never renovated and remained. Well, they, yeah, they never had a family home no, because he, he never it. had a family. So, uh, the pharmacist from the beginning...
1: Did poison was, the kid.
0: W- yeah, he did poison the child with the medicine. He was actually just released from prison for manslaughter for killing a child accidentally. The loan company closed down. Uncle Billy was institutionalized. George's mother has no idea who he is.
1: It runs a Halfway House. Mm-hmm. Harry died.
0: Harry died, and what? so did the soldiers that he saved in the war. And then... Uh, you know his last ditch effort George to like try and figure out what the hell is going on and get some sanity he's like where's Mary where's Mary he keeps asking Clarence where is she and he's like you not gonna like it George you not gonna like it she's an old maid <laughs> 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 she mind you okay th- now uh...
1: let's say I, 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 the greatest amount let's say she's like 30 furry
0: I mean okay Look, but in the 40s, if you're not married by the time you're 30, you're an old maid, okay? And listen, I can acknowledge that that is of the time, and it's fine, I'm okay with it. I think the idea was that they wanted to make it come across that, like, George and her were were true love. They were destined. They're true love, and if she was that, she never got married. She
1: was his density?
0: Yes. Yes. I'm George. George McFly. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. You know what, McFly? I just, I just don't have the, I, I don't have the patience for, for your nonsense, okay? You are no Marty McFly. Thank
1: you. I think that would be George then.
0: I know. You are the George McFly of the scenario. I don't know who Marty is in this scenario, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Lorraine though, that's okay. Oh, yeah, that only makes sense if I'm George. Well yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can be George. Uh 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 uh. He kinda has like the count in the beginning, you know, with like <laughs> the with the slick back hair and he right. kind of seems like he might have a mental problem. Yeah. McFly! Make- Make that cry. I always thought was weird, just as a total aside. We're totally going off topic on this one. But don't you think it's strange that in Back to the Future, in the beginning, yes. before anything happens, when we meet George, like, obviously the rain's different too, but George almost seems like he has, like, a fucking, like, mental condition. <laughs> like, he's fucking, like, touched in the head or something. But then, like, well, he's got no
1: self confidence and you know? it's
0: more than that. It just seems <laughs> like there's something wrong with him mentally. I don't know about that. He just seems totally like like he hit his head on something very Well he hard. was hit by a car. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe he had a concussion from getting hit with the car. Maybe. And it was just lasting brain damage.
1: That's terrible.
0: I'm choosing to believe that because otherwise why did you make the choices you made, Crispin Glover? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I feel bad for Crispin Glover, because he kind of got fucked with that whole thing. I think he got... Didn't he get in, like, a fight with them, and that's why he didn't do the second movie or something? Probably. I don't know. But they killed George McFly in the second movie, yes. and that's just not right.
1: So, yes, yeah, she... She's We're become, getting
0: way off topic. She's become an
1: old maid... He's chasing after her. The yes. It's very there. sad,
0: actually.
1: He punches a cop.
0: Yeah, he, he punches a cop and runs back to the bridge and says, please, oh, please, give me my life back. Let me live. Let me live. And he gets transported back to the real world, essentially. Um, and he rushes on home to basically, he's like, I'm probably going to get arrested, but it's fine. <laughs> Let's go home. Well, yeah. And then he runs on home and, like, a very famous, like, Scene in the movie, and he's like saying Merry Christmas to everyone, and it's very sweet.
1: Including Mr. Potter, who's like, Ha, you'll be in jail (laughs) soon. Merry Christmas to you. Um,
0: So he goes home and he sees his kids, and you know, he's, he's really happy. But then Mary and Uncle Billy come in the house, and they bring in a whole bunch of money, and they're like, Hey, we rallied everyone together to donate. The money you need to cover the missing eight thousand, and like basically like the whole town is in his house, like basically like having yeah. like a little mini like Christmas party or whatever. So there's no more him getting arrested. Everything's oh fine yeah, like the, the, the cop
1: rips up the warrant. Yeah, and, like I don't think that's how that works.
0: It's for you, I'm sure it's fine. It's a small town. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so Harry finally comes home after the war. And he toasts to George, saying he is the richest man in town. And everything is wonderful. Clarence uh, leaves him a gift and, like, a little note saying, like, you're always rich if you have friends. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the bell rings. Yeah, a bell rings on the tree. And
1: we get the little kid line that everybody knows. That's right. That's
0: right. a boy, Clarence. Yeah, the teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Bang. How is that bang? <laughs> what do you mean? It's sweet. Because then he's like happy and he looks up and winks and he's like, Yeah, Clarence, you got your wings. Like, it's a good. Why do you have to ruin nice things?
1: <laughs> it's just a lie. I... Clarence says it earlier in the movie and it's actually, I liked it when Clarence said it. It's just this kid saying it.
0: I know, but it's, I like the ending of this movie a lot. It's very heartwarming and they, they're all singing all lang syne. It's very nice. You just don't like nice things. I like
1: nice things. And I, like, the movie was good.
0: I think it's a, a good Christmas tale. It's nice It's kind of like, because a lot of, like, the Christmas movies that you watch are, like, more, like, not kiddie like, in a bad way, but they're, like, obviously, like, you know, more made for For kids as well as adults, like, families, but I feel like this movie, you can watch it and, like, I know when I watched it as a kid, I felt like, oh, I'm watching, like, a grown-up movie. It's in black and white, and it's got grown-ups in it, and it's, like, cool. So, like, I always liked it, and I, growing up, I always watched it and enjoyed the, the story, and I enjoyed the acting, and the cute, like, chemistry between, um, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, and yeah. I just, yeah, I like this movie a lot. It made me happy.
1: It's a good, it's, it's a good movie, I can't It deny. gave me
0: the warm fuzzies. I can't
1: deny it's definitely a good movie.
0: I'm happy, because I think this is, like, the first real Christmas movie I've watched, uh, this season, so I'm excited. I'm in the spirit.
1: Ah, you're in the spirit? Mm-hmm. So we should start watching Die Hard.
0: Okay. So it's just like... Because I feel like now's a good time. You know, I, I think we should discuss this. Because the other night, we were talking about what we were going to do for these episodes, these Christmas episodes. And we were discussing what makes a Christmas movie. And Scott made the argument, as he always does, that Die Hard is a Christmas it movie. It is. And I vehemently disagree.
1: It has all the common. It's got the family tropes. It's got the. Takes place on Christmas.
0: What, at the when Christmas party. It has the family. What does that mean?
1: It's got. Every Christmas movie's d- about family. Is it? No, and d- there's references it to Christmas. It's,
0: but the movie yeah. isn't about family. It's about reconnecting as <laughs> no, a family. It's, not.
1: it's about John McLean and his <laughs> no, wife reconnecting as a family.
0: It's really not, though. It
1: is. It You're just- <laughs>
0: grasping at all of the straws.
1: <laughs> yes, all of the straws I am grasping at, but they all are so many straws in that it holds mind, together.
0: In A movie taking place around Christmas time does not a Christmas movie make, okay? That's my argument. Because you could say... So, like, if fucking... uh, I'm trying to think of, like, the worst movie possible. If Pink Flamingos took place during Christmas time, that would be a Christmas movie to you? If fucking saw took place during christmas time that would be a christmas movie to you okay like, that doesn't but you're talking anything. about
1: an exploitation movie and a horror movie
0: i'm okay so isn't black, black is christmas movie. black christmas but that is a
1: horror movie it's a christmas movie but it takes place during christmas it's got oh my and it's Lord. a christmas movie ho 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 i have a machine gun
0: that's not oh my god Okay, so, but there's no family like. Okay, so you're putting like let's say like Home Alone on the same, uh, like tier as Die Hard as far as Christmas movie. Well, you they think are, those are the same like?
1: They're both well, obviously. Thing. Die Hard's closer to a family that has the more family aspect of Home Alone. They would leave their kid. They they're the worst what parents are you in the world. About-
0: the whole purpose of the movie is this kid who, like, is sick of his family, and is like, I'm sick of these fucking people, I wish I was done with them. And, and then they, they go away, and then he realizes how much he loves and misses them. They That's the whole point their of the movie. Child. If anything, the family, child quote protective unquote, services. if anything, the family <laughs> aspect in Die Hard is like, the subplot. It's not the main idea of the
1: Child Protective Services will be called (laughs) on the parents from Home Alone,
0: who are just
1: who are just fucking like rabbits, because they have 13 kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now you're, you're, you're kid-shaming them?
1: (laughs) Well, if they can't keep track of all their kids and leave one of their kids alone in their I house.
0: I don't disagree with you, but that's not the point of the movie, okay? <laughs> it's You're a major plot, to, the point of the movie. We're supposed to be seeing the movie through the parents, like, pr- we're supposed to be seeing it through Macaulay Culkin's perspective.
1: But, it, again, <laughs> this is I'm completely off track here. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. The point
0: is, Die Hard is not a Christmas it movie. Is. And you can fuck right off. I don't care that it's your birthday. I'm right and you're wrong. Shut up, as Eugene Yang would say. I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. So, yeah.
1: You know what? Everyone tweeted us, comment, Bring is Die Hard we a Christmas like, movie? Yeah, we
0: should do like a poll or something. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? I really don't think that it is, but.
1: I, I, I vehemently disagree.
0: Yes, we know, Scott. You know, you just love you love Die Hard so much,
1: you I love do. the John
0: McClane and the Bruce Willis. I love them so much. Are you done? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm done. So that was it's a wonderful life. And if we were going to rate it, what would you give it? Scott?
1: uh,
0: uh three
1: point
0: seven five out of five. Ooh, okay. Uh, I would give it a four and a quarter. I'll say. Huh. Uh, so that was really fun for me. I, I always love watching that movie. I try to watch it every year. I'm glad I finally got Scott to rip the band-aid off and watch the whole thing. But yeah, so this has been our first shoot Christmas episode. It has been. Very exciting. Um, so next week, Scott's going to show me a Christmas movie that I I've am. never seen. And it'll be a little more, uh, I guess, hilarious.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting.
0: I was gonna say lighthearted, but this is lighthearted, too, so I can't really. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's still very interesting, it's very fun. Um, i you know, it stars a, a very comedic actor, And it's a story you've all heard a million times from a million different versions.
0: Hmm. Interesting. What could it be? Um, so we'll find out next week. So that's Christmas-tastic movie. In the meantime, this has been Shoot the Flick and I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm
1: Scott Iceberg.
0: Make sure you check us out on Instagram as well as Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And make sure you come back next week to check us out. We'll see you next time. E aí